0: Nerds Unlimited. Lo-fi movie conversations with high-quality movie connoisseurs. Issue 1. What's up, Stark?
1: (laughs) All right, so uh, we are talking about uh, summer movie seasons, um, specifically the best and the worst. Um, Do you want to start with some of your least favorite? Some of my least favorite? I I did have... Like, off
2: as the, here's the thing. First of all, I feel like any of these are going to have some, like, personal background to them. Definitely. Um, so, you know, I think for me, it definitely was a worst summer that I can clearly remember. And it, it had to do in part because I wasn't available to see that many movies Um, in this particular year. But even going back and looking at it, it just looks like kind of a garbage year of summer movies so Uh if I'm looking at 2009 is the year that basically I wasn't very available to see that many movies I remember thinking because I had my first um, I had the first uh, child and surgery both that year Uh, actually no I'm sorry I had (laughs) I had my my, uh, daughter the year before and I had surgery the year after that
1: so, right. Well, for the first year, you're, you're it's basically like giving birth every single day. So yeah. So so
2: 2008, I didn't. I had to like catch up on a lot of movies. 2009, though, I spent a lot of time in the hospital that summer and didn't get wow. to see many. And I remember thinking like, well, this is going to be kind of tough. Uh, maybe I'll catch up eventually. But then I went back and looked, and I remember going like, man, these are all kind of garbage movies that came out this summer. <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm going down the list here. So the number one movie, by the way, the Box office Mojo will will break down years seasonally for you which is re- which is very cool. Uh so good on Box office Mojo. But the number one movie in the summer of '09 was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, which I have Ooh. not seen and don't care to ever see because I made a promise to myself to never
1: see another Transformers movie. Yeah, I mean I one. uh funny enough that that summer was also when I was kind of out of touch because I was making a movie all summer. And which right. meant I, I was like financially strapped, so we weren't doing anything. Um, and uh, I, I spent a lot of that fall catching up on movies that I didn't see that summer. And I also had the same kind of feeling that I wasn't crazy about all the stuff. Um, but one of the yeah. things I caught up on was Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, and that is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad.
2: There was there was a, no like there were some bright spots. Obviously the the JJ Abrams Star Trek came out that yeah, summer, absolutely. which I liked. Um, up came out that summer, which actually, I remember that was the first movie I saw when I got out of the hospital, which was a big, wow. Now, I mean, in terms of making a public show of yourself, it was a big mistake. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But, I mean, other than that, here's these are other movies that were in the top ten that summer, okay? So The Hangover, which isn't terrible, but whatever, Wait. it's top five of that summer. Um, Ice Age, the, so this is a sequel to Ice Age. Called right. Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which I don't really even remember.
1: Existed. I think it's like the the second sequel or something. It's not even the uh, like number the X-Men, three
2: or four. X Men Origins Wolverine came out. Really? That, summer. that was one of the top ten movies of that summer. Uh, oh, the God. sequel, the sequel to Night at the Museum, The Proposal, which I think is the movie where Sandra Bullock uh, and Ryan Reynolds yes, yep have a thing, and yep. then uh, the GI Joe sequel.
1: Oh. No, no, the original. Wait, it was
2: Rise of the Cobra the first. That's what the first Right, yeah, that's movie the one was that called.
1: set up the franchise.
2: Okay, I I actually still have not seen that either. So most it of those sucks. movies that I mentioned, um, I didn't see I I still haven't seen them. Weirdly, movies that did not make that much money but came out that summer that were pretty good anyway, uh Inglorious Bastards and well, Terminator Salvation didn't suck. I'll no. say that. Uh, but well, it didn't make know. it didn't make very much
1: money. It's right there. I mean, it's. I mean, GI Joe: Rise of Cobra isn't that much better. I mean, uh, sorry, isn't that much worse than Terminator Salvation. But also, another thing that came out that summer was District Nine. Um, oh, did it really? So that must yeah. have made like no money because I don't even see it on. Either. I think it made a surprising amount of money for the budget, but it, yeah, it wasn't like a big cultural thing. And then also, uh, Drag Me to Hell uh, came out early okay. in the summer, and uh, and also the uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. It did, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So there were a, there were a few good ones, but yeah, I agree that the bad ones were real bad. And it is kind of odd that both of us, kind of in our personal lives, were kind of disconnected that year.
2: But I don't um, care. I mean, I'm, I, if I had to if I had to have major surgery one summer and miss <laughs> the first movies, I'm okay that it happened in 2009.
1: Really? Okay. What about 2010? I feel like that was a worse summer because, except for Inception and Toy Story three, everything is just kind of like. Poof. Yeah, yeah, so 2000
2: I I I can pull that up right here too. The 2010 summer had here's here's how it goes. I I'll, I'll just go down the list. Toy Story 3, Iron Man 2. Ugh.
1: Um
2: yeah, I mean, look, we all have mixed feelings about that movie, but like let, It was let's just it was such a that
1: disappointment that for me. It like was at that, least think,
2: exciting for <laughs> Yeah, well, when it I think before I, it came out.
1: Iron Man 2 was such a great picture of that summer because it was like I, I was so excited for it and it was the first movie of the summer. And I was like, "Here we go." And then it came out and I was like, what? And th- yeah. that was, like, the tone for the rest of summer un- until Christopher Nolan.
2: Yeah, right. Us. So so the, there was a Twilight movie after that, oh. then, in- then Inception, and then Despicable Me, which I'll, I'll go on the record as saying I think is a good movie. I like it. Right. Um, um Then a Shrek movie.
1: Mm. Then the Will Smith. Really? Wow. Well, hold Will- on, hold on. They were still making Shrek <laughs> movies in 2010? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I think they all right.
2: I think they might have made one since then I don't know uh, wow. then then, um, the karate kid where Will Smith tried to make us all like his son, and <laughs> which I
1: actually I have heard is good, but it's like like two and a half hours long, so I'm yeah, I'm probably that's never gonna ridiculous watch
2: it. Yeah. Uh, grown up the the original oh, oh, oh. grown up came out that summer, and then the last airbender, which just makes me sad to even talk about <laughs> this, and then the other guys, which i have never seen. It's uh, it's
1: fine. It's fine. It's got like one yeah, or two. Yeah, that's like, about what I would have expected. Yeah, yeah. It's got one or two laugh out loud moments, but yeah.
2: Yeah, nobody really. I mean, it's. But I wouldn't have been really that excited about any of those. Uh, I I feel like was this maybe a year that we were talking about? Was it was this maybe a year that we tried to film a version of our TV show Stark? Because Prince of Persia also came out in that year. <laughs>
1: uh 2010 we just, was...
2: do we just regularly hate on Jake Hall enough that we yeah that it, I
1: mean two thousand ten was a good that was a good four years removed from my um college career, which is when that happened so <laughs> okay. you know, but uh but yeah it was it was yeah it was like it was that was a brutal summer for me because um I was between jobs, so I was just freelancing, and I realized that if I didn't make a lot of time for my my wife, and the rest of my family that I would just kind of bury myself in work and, and stress out about finding work. Um, so I, like, made up this, like, intricate summer movie schedule where I was like, all right, we're going to go on a date and we're going to go see a movie so that I make sure we go see – we go spend some time together every week. And then we kept going to see these movies, and it was like Iron <laughs> Man 2. And then, like, Prince date of Persia. night, we're going to see Salt.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was stuff like that. And then by the time we got to Last Airbender – we just I quit. Like I we started to go see movies that like in the Dollar Theater that came out in March. And it was it was such a brutal schedule of just like, oh Predators? Okay. Oh man. Yeah. Bad. Really bad sadly
2: job. Hot Pilgrim came out that summer, but it only made thirty million dollars.
1: Man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so guess, um so I yeah. can I go into a real crappy uh summer movie season real quick and then we'll switch yeah. over to best? Do it. Alright so uh, I, the, my stock answer for this is always 2001, um, because okay. you had uh, you had Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton version. Yeah. Uh, you had Jurassic Park three, um, and those were the major releases. Like I, I
2: <laughs> wait. Oh no, Stark! You are forgetting a very important one. Okay. Pearl Harbor came out that summer.
1: Yeah, that was like the kickoff. I think that was like the, yeah. the early early summer kickoff movie. Yeah. I mean, to
2: me, that's like the that was when I feel like that's the first movie I ever remember seeing where I went like, "Oh, these guys think we're a bunch of assholes." Like <laughs> Hollywood thinks we are a bunch of idiots, and we can yeah. we we will watch anything they give us. I, I yeah. really remember being like insulted by that movie.
1: Yeah, it was it, like the main reason to go to the movie theater that summer was to see trailers for the better movies coming out that Christmas. <laughs> like Harry Potter right. and Monsters, Inc. and uh, Lord of the Rings. And I, I do feel like it, the 2001 is that weird kind of transition era between, like, the great 90s summer movies that were kind of, like, small and simple, like Mission Impossible or The Rock or, or something like that. Like, it was, like, the, the bridge between those and then, like, the super blockbusters that Lord of the Rings and Spider-Man kind of created, like, Later that year, and the next. Yeah, summer. there really,
2: there really isn't anything on this list that feels like. I mean, like Jurassic Park three. I always, I think of that as like such a small potatoes.
1: It kind is. Of well, it was together
2: like sequel. exactly
1: thrown together. I mean, they started shooting without a script, and it has a few really fun moments. But uh, you know, it's not. It's a franchise film, not but not the same way that you would get a franchise film now. You know, where you feel like, mm. right? Okay, at least everybody that went to work at Universal during this time was focused on this movie. Back then it was like, ah, uh, we're going to, you know, let somebody make a Jurassic Park 3 movie and there's not even a script. We don't care. Yeah. Um, the, I, I the will money, say AI came re- out. Oh, yeah. God. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get AI in there. AI yeah. came out that year, but I didn't see it that summer. I saw it a lot later and liked it, but it's <laughs> certainly not. it's certainly not a summer movie.
2: No, I made um, all
1: of my friends go see it uh, when it came out <laughs> and was like, oh, you
2: guys, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be a Spielberg movie. And now I just remember them being all super mad at me when we were, like, having coffee somewhere afterwards, just going <laughs> like, what the hell, Matt?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I again, I, I really, I, I the more I watch that movie, the more I like it, but also I I'll, I'll be the first to admit that it's not a summer movie experience, which The Mummy Returns tries so desperately to be, and uh, it's a big budget movie at least. That's yeah, like oh that yeah.
2: looking at the list, that feels like that was the tentpole movie of the summer probably. Yeah.
1: And not so good though. It's uh really don't like that movie, especially considering how fun the first one was. The fact that like they just threw so much crummy CGI at it. Um and didn't even bother finishing like the way the rock looked as as his monster character. Right. Um and uh and it has a scene where people run away from like sunlight and I and that that never works on screen. It didn't work in no. Chronicles of Riddick and it, it's not gonna work for the Mummy Return. So. <laughs> um but yeah, that's like that's like my all time like weak, lame movie summer and, and I agree that two thousand nine was a particularly kind of strange one and then two thousand ten I think was almost as bad as two thousand one. Yeah, um, I
2: think I think that we're both kind of pointing at these things that feel like transitional eras because to me yeah. like 2009 and, and 10 there I mean you got a handful of, of examples that sort of counter to this but like really that's kind of right before it seemed like everybody started to ramp back up on these yeah. mega franchises
1: well it's after Spider-Man and it's after—it's it's right after The Dark Knight um, so comic book movies were about to change and then it's right, I mean it's you know, it's right before Captain America and Thor and Avengers kind of cemented Marvel as like the the premier movie franchise of the summer. Right. All right. So what's uh, what's what are some of your favorite movies uh, summer movie seasons?
2: So I had two picked out that kind of jumped out at me. Um, I mean, one of them is going to be fairly kind of cliche, obvious. But 1993 was the first time that I actually was old enough that I got taken to movies during the summer, like big summer releases. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we're basically talking about Jurassic Park, but that was that was probably. I mean, I, so 1993, I would have been 10 years old, and I don't remember if Jurassic Park was PG or PG
1: 13. P- oh, PG 13 for sure. It was 13, so oh, that yeah, was like yeah.
2: that was like the year where I think my parents probably wouldn't have been okay with taking me to a PG-13 movie, but I think my dad wanted to see it so bad and <laughs> nobody else in the family would have gone. And he was, you know, he was like, whatever, you can handle it. Yeah. So, like, I just remember that that most definitely sticks out to me as being like,
1: well, sitting in the summer, theater going like,
2: I'm, I'm probably not quite old enough to see this, <laughs> but I'm
1: really into it. That summer also uh, gave us uh, Last Action Hero, which is highly yes. underrated uh, and a really fun movie, and uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> uh, what did is, that
2: come out the same summer as Jurassic dude, Park?
1: That, yes, that came out like the week before. <laughs> like I, my friend, my friend invited me to go see a movie, and I was like, "We're going to see Super Mario Brothers, right?" And he was like, "No, Jurassic Park." And I was like, "What?" Uh, and he won, and we went and saw Jurassic Park, and I was like, "Okay, that's yeah, you know, that's probably the best decision at the time." Um, but yeah, it was. I think. Um, uh, I want to say maybe Groundhog Day came out in the summer, too, or maybe Cop and a Half. Uh, that was... I, I remember, like, you know, that was that was a similar time for me where I really started to pay attention to what was coming out and looking at the newspaper listings. Um, um Yeah, I mean,
2: I I'm probably... I definitely was not old enough to see most of these movies that came out that summer. I'll tell you the other ones that, looking at it, that they, this is what else I would have seen. Most of these were... were so two of them, Free Willy and Rookie of the Year, were the only other oh, movies yeah. in the top ten that I actually would have seen that summer because it's it's a very adult summer movie list. It's like the
1: well, even, the even
2: firm, Free Willy, Seattle, yeah,
1: and even Free Willy is a pretty serious kids movie.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, M- Michael Madsen's all like, what, I'm sure he, I don't remember what his deal is, but he's all like <laughs> mad about something in that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Rookie of the Year I saw it, like three times in the in the theaters that summer. Um and uh I mean there's yeah, there's like a bunch of silly movies too that year you know, like Robin Hood Men in Tights and uh Hot Shots Part Due. I remember most mm. of those movies.
1: Mhm. Um, I think we're I didn't I think we're back a dinosaur story may have been that year too, but, uh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of like what I recall as being the first summer where I cared about summer movies. And then sure. the other one, when I went back and started looking at all of these summers, um, the other one that really jumps out at me is 1999, uh, which, you know, I would have been – that that was kind of the summer where I would – You got your
1: license, probably.
2: Yeah, I I think I could drive by that point, and then, you know, I had a job, so I could pay for myself to go to movies. and it, it, And also, when you have a job, I feel like you look forward to – just in general, it, it makes you start to appreciate weekends in general, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I, I just remember that summer just being awesome, looking down this list about, I just remember being pumped about so many of these movies, so episode one came out that year, uh, which we can, you know, look, well, I'll refrain from going into detail about it, but we were all super excited when that came oh, out, oh,
1: oh, man, and the, the atmosphere, we, yeah, the sure, atmosphere the around that was great, things. and the And the fact that it was like the beginning of the internet too—that that that helped the the hype for that so much. It
2: was—it was a really fun trailer on the internet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a really fun time to be excited for a movie, even if the movie was not that great. So,
2: The Sixth Sense came out that summer, which was like—I mean, it ended up making three hundred million dollars, but when it first came out, it was this like cool thing that you know you probably heard about from somebody else that saw it. It it definitely was a slow build in terms of hype. Um oh, yeah. but that was a cool thing that happened that summer. There was an Austin Powers
1: movie and in nineteen ninety nine that was a really that great was a thing. huge deal. Oh my yeah. god. Like all my friends, like I was excited for episode one um and uh all my friends were jacked for Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Like I think <laughs> Man, I, I think my thing. youth I think my youth group went to go see it yeah.
2: <laughs> <together>. <laughs> but the thing about that movie was like, it wasn't overplayed yet. Like it was kind of amazing that Austin powers got a sequel. Cause I remember it being this really obscure thing that like nobody else in my school knew what that was, but my, my dad and his friends thought it was funny. And yeah. so when they made a sequel, I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. So yeah. Also Disney put out Tarzan that summer, which was, a, Oh which yeah. I really, really loved. Oh yeah. Um, the Mummy, the first Mummy yeah. came out that summer, which was super awesome. I I was so into that movie; I loved it. Um, me too. And then the other one that really jumps out at me that I sort of think back on from that summer is the Blair Witch Project because it was just such a huge phenomenon. Again, that everybody started talking about. It became this like it was on every magazine cover. It was it was just kind of very evocative of its time.
1: Yeah. And well,
2: very very ahead of its time too, because now like that's essentially. I mean, it basically took another 10 years before they did this, but it's now just become its own genre, basically.
1: Ugh. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? uh, well, there's one other big one that summer. The um, Matrix uh, came out, like, right at the beginning of summer. And, like, so they may not be
2: counting that on,
1: on box Up and
2: Mojo because...
1: It was like the last only, weekend in April or something.
2: It starts,
1: it starts...
2: Uh, the first Friday in May, so maybe it came out a little bit before May. Yeah,
1: it did. It came out like the last little bit of April, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that's the movie that when people got mad at Star Wars, they went to go see The Matrix again, you know? Yeah, as opposed right. to seeing Phantom Menace again.
2: Yeah, that was definitely one that was that. I mean, it overtook pop culture. I mean, I, I had kids in my school who started showing up wearing, you know, black trench coats and sunglasses, oh, yeah. and yeah. Well,
1: we we but, actually. That wasn't like ominous then. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that was the year it became ominous. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, Columbine happened like within a few it weeks been, of the Matrix year? coming out. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's so, what you're right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, it's, it's weird for me to consider like probably what I think is the best summer movie season of all time to be something that came out before I was born, a year before I was born. But <laughs> ni- 1982 is like, legendary uh you have the thing you have et you have blade runner you have the road warrior um the secret of nim it's it's just uh rocky three it's it's a like a freakish summer movie season that i don't think we're ever gonna get anything like that again um but uh for for my lifetime man it's hard um 1993 was was really good but also um i think 96 was was a lot of fun uh you had Mission Impossible and The Rock. Um, do you have that list up, uh, like, what yeah. was the highest grossing? Yeah,
2: I, def- I doubt Now, When you say Mission Impossible, so I definitely went to a lot of movies in 1996. I, I lived in Orlando and had a uh, giant megaplex that was built at Disney World right, right like, two miles from our house. And I just remember going to. I mean, I'm looking down this list. I remember going to all of these movies that summer. <laughs> and so Independence Day, oh, Mr. Yeah. Mission Impossible, The Rock, Nutty Professor, um,
1: Space Jam was that year. Weirdly,
2: Phenomenon made a hundred oh, yeah. million dollars that summer. Um, which I also I saw that too. Uh, Eraser came out that year.
1: Heck yeah, it did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, that was like I. I mean, particularly Mission Impossible and Independence Day; I, those stick out to me as like those are just you. For some reason, I can sort of remember sitting in the theater for those, just because they were such huge experiences that it sort of, you know. I think I think as a kid, you're. And I don't know if this is still like a thing that 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 people experience now, but it, I just can remember getting to the point where movies like that. The the anticipation was so big in part because the entire culture around you was promoting the movies. And yeah. I know that sounds kind of gross and, like, commercial, but weirdly I kind of am nostalgic about that. Oh, and, yeah. And, and they, I don't I mean, see them do it anymore. Like, it was – when there was a big movie that summer, the movie was on your soft drink can that you were drinking – it was on the the box that burger came in. It was on the Doritos bag. It was everywhere around you. It was every single commercial with themed to that movie. It was nope. like, I feel like they don't really do that anymore.
1: No, they well they don't. But there, I mean, it is a kind of a gross. There's a gross commercialism to it. But also that, like, especially when you're that age, there's like this weird ecstasy of like anticipation, and you're just like. Yeah, like, it, this is exactly what my entire existence should be, yeah. you know, focused about. But, yeah, like, every music video it was a tie-in to right. Blue Sea or something like that, and it was just, like, this, like, glorious time of being of of being on the exact same wavelength as culture. And I think some of it has to do with we're old now and nothing is geared towards us anymore, but also also, there's so many other things out there. Like, you know, video games are, are basically more popular than movies. Um, you know, kids are on their Samsung Galaxies uh, more than they're spending time in the movie theater. Um, right? It's so, weirdly
2: it's, I'm, it's weird to be nostalgic about synergistic
1: promotion <laughs> of a movie,
2: but yeah, I am. Welcome, like, yeah. I, 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 I like. Oh, well, we
1: were born in the eighties and raised yeah. in the nineties. I mean, that's all we know.
2: Yeah that that you would be that you would be promoted somehow. The, 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 whatever the event movie was, and I. Yeah, yeah. You know we're we're about two weeks away from Age of Ultron coming out, and that that's this is about as much promotion as I can remember seeing a movie get in the last
1: decade probably. But uh, it's I agree. Very rare. Yeah. It's very it's, rare. it's very rare. It's very hard. To yeah, I was walking through Target with Danielle the other day, and I I kept like getting frustrated because I would see Avengers branded things everywhere. It'd be like Tostitos with an Avengers banner over it, and I was just like. Oh, I'm so angry that this is working so well on me. Like this is every time I see those colors or that a character, I just want to see the movie more and more. And but I think it, that's yeah. why
2: it works for me. I think that's why I'm so excited about it is because it has weirdly these Avengers movies have an old, a, a nostalgic appeal for me where they remind me of the sort of simplistic brand oriented stuff from the '90s, from when we were growing up, where it was like everything went into promoting these movies and tying into them, and you know, it just felt like your whole world was built around them. I think that's why I think that's why they work for me.
1: And it's something you can't see anywhere else, too. I mean, you can't see those actors doing those lines together in in on those sets anywhere else. You can get big superhero fights in a video game, you know, or you can get fun dialogue things on TV, but you have to go to the movie theater to see these big you know well-known characters interacting with these faces and these personalities which is i think similar to in the 90s the only place you could see the white house get blown up by an alien spaceship was on the big screen uh, <laughs> yeah so you know. we're not
2: impressed by special in an era where special effects can't really impress us anymore that it, it's gone to something else to make a movie into an event and in this yeah. case it's that it's a couple of things. It's one, just getting all these actors in in the same movie, which is cool, but also that they they did this super ambitious thing of of you know, making six movies cross over together into the same movie. That that's like the closest we can get today to like you said, essentially an event that can't be recreated in some other medium.
1: Well well sure enough, uh it, it totally works because we started a conversation about movie summers <laughs> uh none of we didn't have 2012 on any of our lists and uh we're still sitting here talking about Marvel and the Avengers yep. so that's probably a good time to, to shut her down yep. uh well cool Matt well thanks for uh for talking being my inaugural call um do you uh do you want to throw anything out there uh, in terms of like plugs or anything
2: I'll plug just, the I'll plug the redesignedfilmnerds.com. You should go and check it out. It's it's a uh, better looking website, hopefully, than it used to be, and we're continuing to work on uh, making it better looking and easier to
1: navigate. I agree.
0: Hey Graham, how's it going? Hey Ben, it's going well, man. Cool.
1: So. Big news today: the Star Wars uh, Force Awakens. I guess it's not a teaser anymore; it's almost a full trailer hit. Uh, and I just wanted to call and uh, get your reaction. So, um, well,
0: I, I, I think it's still a teaser. I think this is—I I consider okay. this—I think this is teaser number two because we still have no idea about the context of anything that we're seeing. We're just seeing a, a lot of different iconography that. Sort of gets us excited, you know, but it's still we 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 have no idea what the heck is going on, so yeah. until we we sort of see a trailer that sort of establishes a narrative and puts everything in context uh we we've got two teasers on our hands is, is my opinion, okay, so all right, so right out the gate, do you
1: like did you like the last teaser, and do you like this one?
0: Yes, I love both uh i I, I mean I was so giddy today. Uh, waiting for this, I watched the celebration panel with JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of the the cast that they brought out and and the the droids et cetera, and I was just so pumped. And when they finally rolled it, uh, you know, the payoff in that first shot when you when you the 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 star destroyer that's crashed into the desert planet is slowly revealed. I mean, I was just my mind was blown. I was so excited. And yeah, absolutely, the first trailer, the first teaser. Uh, I should say, was, was was awesome. I was with everybody else. And uh, so we've gotten two great trailers now. And so I have a feeling we're going to see one more trailer that uh, will be more of a trailer that kind of gives us an idea of what the heck is going on in this universe. Um, and then we have to actually see, see the movie and how that pans out. So are you going to watch the next trailer? Yes,
1: I am. Okay, so you trust them not to – I mean – well, I guess are you are you gonna avoid any spoilers? Or are you are you at all reticent about spoilers?
0: Well, I, I don't want it to be spoiled for me, but I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to seek out spoilers. Like if there's something that if if there's a an article or a video online that says Star Wars spoilers, you know, we have the script. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to seek that out and click that. But I will, I'll definitely uh, expose myself to the the basic promotional materials because um, I think that's part of the experience. I want to see how that how they have decided to market this, how they've decided to present this to the fans. I think that's sort of part of it, you know. And then to see, because uh, that, that's all part of, of getting us hyped up, getting us excited again. And then and then to see if they actually can deliver on it. Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: I don't know if you watch the new Terminator Genesis uh, trailer. But I, I think that that spoiled a huge, um, a huge plot twist in it. I think the big reason that they did it was a that the people telling the story don't have an awful lot of control over the marketing there, and b I think everybody knows that nobody cares about that movie. So, um, I mean, do do you think that you can trust J. J. Abrams to have and Kathleen Kennedy and just to have the power to? They they know what to show us without spoiling anything. Do you think you can trust
0: them? I, I don't know. I, Kathleen Kennedy certainly has a, a, a you know much more impressive resume than than JJ J. Abrams. Uh so I would trust her with JJ J. Abrams. I feel like he kind of is the trailer guy, I mean or the build up guy who has sort of in, in in a few cases, not all, uh failed to pay off on on the setup uh and, and I'm specifically talking about Lost and Super 8. Right. Um Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy, you go back and look at her resume. I mean, she's just responsible for producing so many classic movies from the uh, the 80s and 90s that, you know, her resume speaks for itself. But this is a – I mean, this is the test for J.J. J. Abrams. I mean, like I said, I, I've been very disappointed by him in two instances. I, I do love what he did with the Star Wars universe – excuse me. I do love what he did with the Star Trek universe. Uh, But this is the ultimate test. I mean, if he screws this up, it will be his legacy. Um, But everything I've seen so far uh, indicates that that's not going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, I
0: was struck by,
1: um, I know a lot of people early on when he was first hired were worried about him bringing a, you know, his visual style to it. And when I watched the trailer today, um, I I mean, I was kind of staggered at, how much it looked like a Star Wars movie. It didn't look like an Irvin Kershner movie or a George Lucas movie, but it looked like a Star Wars movie. And I I was just, like, shocked at how it looks like he's he's really captured that universe and really played by its rules rather than, you know, bringing his own trademark to it. And I I think in this case that's a good thing. Um yeah, I, so, I mean I don't know.
0: What 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 about it specifically looked like a Star Wars movie to you? Because I mean, while it certainly felt um it, it felt genuine in terms of it, it I felt like I was in that universe, you know, but in terms of the camera work and the shots, the the, the sort of staging, I felt I felt like this is a fresh take. You know, lots of, of the in terms of the types of shots that we see uh in the staging, I think this is we're gonna see sort of a new take. On on the visual approach to this universe, uh, while oh, uh, working with a lot of the same aesthetics, uh, you know, it's like that X-wing shot where they all sort of take off. I mean, that we we didn't see anything that dynamic in the original trilogy, uh, so <laughs> I, 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 or
1: or in the prequel trilogy,
0: right? Of course,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I no, I I definitely agree that this is this looks like something new. I'm just saying it looks like something new, um, it, but. Completely uh, consistent with with the other with the uh, original trilogy, and that's the, just the fa- I think the fact that I can't really explain that um, shows how how difficult and how complex a job that must have been.
0: And it, like I said, it
1: looks like they've done an excellent job. All right, so I have, uh, I have a kind of a big question for you. So, is there like is there room in your heart for this to be? I know I'm not. And I'm not trying to like blow, you know, mess up expectations or anything. Is there room in your heart for this to be better than any of the original trilogy movies, or are they just untouchable?
0: Of course, of course, I'm okay. open to that. I'm just, I'm just ready. You know, I mean, we we've been waiting for the, for this since 1983. You know, Lucas had it. He had three chances to to uh, put us back in that world, and he, and sadly. Uh, devastatingly, he failed all three times. So, so we're, we're still waiting for that opportunity to, to sort of have a, a, you know, to really be thrust back into this world that we all love. Uh, and so absolutely. And, and, you know, they're obviously, they're not playing it safe by just sticking with the original characters and following them. They're introducing a lot of new characters and, you know, we'll have to wait and see, uh, how that all plays out in terms of how they sort of, uh, are integrated with the old canon of characters. Uh so they're taking risks and, and that's exciting, but certainly I'm I'm very optimistic. Hopefully it pays off and, and yeah, I hope to walk out of this, this uh theater uh in December and say that is the best Star Wars movie ever. A lot of things though, you know, it's gonna be that especially on that first that first viewing, the nostalgia factor is going to be so high and, you know, it's gonna be seems so meta that I, I you know I'm worried that the the um, sort of subtleties of the story, the intricacies of how things are are played out, or, you know, might be lost by just the pure sort of sensory overload. But yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I hope they get it right, and I hope that that it just it feels right. So uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think one thing that uh, my one of my big takeaways from the trailer is that shot of uh, the female lead. Uh, I don't remember the actress's name, and like. There's a part where she reaches down, and it's a close-up on John Boyega's face, and he like considers for a second, and then grabs her hand. Like I was like, that looks like a, a a real character moment that's really important and has nothing to do with any of the characters that we know, and yet it perfectly works visually. It perfectly works in that world, and I think
2: that's
1: I think that's a really great indication that they they're not out to make a entry in this brand, you know, they're not making a product in the Star Wars brand. They're actually out there making a movie, you know, that's telling a story with characters in in new and interesting ways. Um, You brought up... Yeah, well, I mean... uh,
0: Why, you know, uh, there's so many things just from this new trailer that, you know, I think sort of went beyond the just basic surface level uh, that that the first trailer gave us where who is... Who's handling that Darth Vader uh, helmet? You know, who is – I'm pretty sure that it's Luke Skywalker that's narrating in this trailer. Who is he talking yeah. to? Who is the new person that has the force? Uh, like, why is a TIE fighter firing on stormtroopers in a TIE fighter hangar? You know, right. like, there's so many things. Like, And, I'm, of course, my immediate theory is that that's Boyega's character because we see him in both stormtrooper garb and he's running around with who we assume is the uh, – you know somebody who's part of the the who what would, would you would assume is like the rebellion or the pre what's right. Re- formerly known as the rebellion uh you know so there might there i am I'm, I'm excited for the twists and turns and finding out what's motivating all these people and we haven't even seen uh you know the the, the this preview didn't show leia uh it didn't show adam driver's character Andy circus's character we we still haven't there's so much that we still have yet to to see and that, things that haven't been revealed so i am so intrigued
1: so it's it's got the anticipation, um, and it's got uh, a December release date, which I think is really important. Um, do you think that it's going to make Avatar numbers? I would hope so. I,
0: you know, I was thinking about th- that earlier today, and in the frenzy of watching it for the first two or three times, I was like, this, this is going to beat Avatar. It's going to win Best Picture, you know, because <laughs> – yeah. you know, it's because the, I feel like that—that that was the rea- that's the reaction that I've seen. I've seen one or two, you know, sad trolls that are criticizing it. Um, you know, hopefully they get the help that they need uh, to, to effectively move on with their lives. But for the most part, the, the reaction has been completely, po- overwhelmingly positive. So you've got to think that people are going to turn out in droves. They're going to see it again and again and again, uh, uh, assuming that it doesn't suck and that they were all, you know, just dreaming about this the whole time, like a la the, the – uh, series finale of Lost. Uh, but, you know, and then if it's, you know, 1977, a lot of people thought that Star Wars uh, Episode Four: New Hope should have won Best Picture and Annie Hall won. You've got an Oscar story there where if this actually delivers, uh, it, you know, in terms of character and story and, and, and just pure awesomeness, that this could sort of be redemption for that. Uh, so, yeah, I, the thing that makes me think it might not get Avatar not that. that that was that that world was completely new to people, um, and this is a brand that will get people to turn out because they're so excited for it. But that also might hurt it in a way in terms of getting there, because uh, you're going to need repeat viewings. You're going to need word of mouth to get that kind of uh, of, of gross. But I did see that it's uh, 3D and IMAX 3D. That'll certainly help to inflate the receipts. But uh, you know, it's really just going to depend on the story and on the, the uh, execution of the set pieces, you know. Um, yeah. So, so we'll see. I think that the, the, the potential is definitely there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's all that audacious of a thing to say
1: that it would beat Avatar and win Best Picture because, you know, you're going to be sitting there in February when who knows what's coming out in the theater. And if, if, like you said, if if it's a fun movie, why not go see the new Star Wars again, you know, for the third time and, as opposed to whatever crummy... January or February releases came out and that's you know that's how avatar kept rolling on and avatar to came dangerously close to winning best picture and return of the king absolutely did and that was you know kind of like a franchise thumbs up kind of like we fi- you know you finally did it um and like you said star wars was nominated but didn't win so yeah i, I mean i don't think it's it's i think it's at first glance it's a crazy thing to say in a post prequel world but i think looking at, at the facts and looking at this group of people that are, I think, pretty determined to make as great a movie as they can. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's all that crazy.
0: Uh, uh, well, I mean, look, we're... this is – yeah, well, real quick, I mean, last time I feel like, you know, we we had this sort of anticipation for, for a new movie coming out where, uh, it, it, you know, it harkened back to something that we all grew up with was Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, which was a, a, an overwhelming – That turned out great. With, yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah, I know
0: it's one of your. I know you're you're one of its supporters, um, but it, it overwhelmingly, there was a negative reaction to that movie, and yeah, it's a disaster. Definitely. Just like the the prequels before that, uh, yes, sort of was a similar anticipation level. So we'll see. Maybe third time's a charm after the prequels and in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Maybe this will finally be the the sort of seamless transition. From the the era that where the, the story originated into mo- the modern day cinematic universe, uh, hopefully, real quick, Stark, I want to ask you one stylistic choice uh, in, in that that you can see in this new trailer uh, when the the uh, Tie Fighter is chasing the Millennium Falcon into the uh, the exhaust pipe of of that giant ship that's crashed. Right. They uh feature a shot that uh the technique that's featured in the shot is something that we've seen a lot uh in the last few years uh last five years I should say last five, six, seven years, uh one that was prominently uh utilized in man of steel where you've got some some uh one or something flying and then you do a quick zoom and the the, the the camera is handheld at that point. Uh do you know what I'm talking about? So, yeah, just kind of like a pop zoom kind of Right. That's become very common in in action in high profile, big budget tid pole action movies. You've seen that a lot. So that and, and in J. J. Abrams uh, Star Trek films you that, see that yeah, thing exactly. A lot. Yep. So while that shot is amazing and when they do the pop zoom, the the lighting detail that they that they show on the inside of that exhaust pipe uh while the action's happening in that environment is it, beautiful. But I was surprised that they that they included that, you know, because I was like, okay, so they're basically going to incorporate this this sort of, this technique we've seen for the last five or six years in the Star Wars universe. Uh, it's not like something we haven't seen before. It's, it's sort of like, you know, saying, okay, we're going to just apply this popular uh, visual effects uh, sort of trick on this universe. I'm not saying that it was stupid at all, but I'm just curious what you think. About including that in the trailer.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. I watched it twice, and that didn't jump out at me. But I, in in general, I don't like digital pop zooms. Um, I, it's usually because the movies that they're in don't use zooms the rest of the time. You know, it's not like there's like a bunch of old, you know, '70s paranoia thriller long zoom takes in uh, Man of Steel or, or Star Trek 2009. And yet, then when the action starts going, all of a sudden every lens is a zoom lens, and it's popping in and out. I that bugs that bugs me to no end. Um, if if he sets up something where it makes sense internally in the movie, I'm okay with that because he is moving the camera differently than we have seen in any other Star Wars universe, and he's uh, drawing attention to the camera, uh, you know, with his, his typical lens flares. And there's there's a slow motion shot in the trailer too that you know we've never seen slow motion really in in a Star Wars movie that I can remember. Uh so I think um yeah I don't know I I'm I'm I'll let the movie earn that but yeah at first glance that does kind of bug me as a uh you know aren't you better than that kind of a thing
0: Well I think that uh, in, in correct me if I'm wrong but in a new hope when Obi-Wan is struck down and his robe collapses to the ground <laughs> that is a slow-mo shot Oh yeah yeah
1: they should have they, nowadays
0: they would shoot that with a phantom camera <laughs> it'd be uh yeah, because and what I mean, do you I, what, what
1: do you what do you think about the stormtroopers
0: design, the new stormtrooper design?
1: I, I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan to really see much of a difference. So I, I mean, I can't really. Everything looks great. I mean, everything looks like the right amount of shiny but used and, and kind of lived in. So. Mhm.
0: I thought that the, you know we'll see when that when they rolled that out uh, on the celebration panel. You know, they they had a. Sort of a gang of stormtroopers come on stage live before they even premiered the trailer, and I thought that they sort of, while they certainly referenced the original stormtrooper design, uh, sort of also give a nod to the uh, the clones uh, in the in the prequels oh, yeah. and then all the animated series. It's sort of a sort of a hybrid there. But uh, I mean,
1: we, um, I mean, as as much as as much as people dislike the prequels and the uh, animated. Uh, properties. I mean, there's, there's no getting away from them. I mean, they're, they're, I think, I know a lot of the extended universe in print and stuff are, are not canon anymore, but those prequels still happened in, in this universe. So you're not going to get that far away. But, uh, alright, Graham. Well, uh, thanks for giving me your reaction. Uh, hopefully we'll get to talk more about this movie as it gets closer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time.
0: Alright, Ben. Thanks. Anytime. For more from the Film Nerds, go to FilmNerds.com and AspectRadioShow.com.
1: So what about the ball droid?